Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 132. I am Joe Dubs. I'm I'm Zach. And we're back for the final Sean Connery Christmas, uh, where we pick one Sean Connery movie and one Christmas movie. And today we have Andy's picks, which is The Offense. Uh, and... I don't know how to fucking say it in French, but Merry Christmas. Joyeux Joyeux Noël. Joyeux Noël. Come on. Merry Christmas in French. Just Google it. Uh, <laughs> um, but before we get into that, um, guys, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I know it's probably not going to be a big list because uh, we're recording this on Thursday uh, because, you know, two weeks we're going to have off uh, for Christmas. You're revealing the magic. No. No. Oh, anyway, uh, Zach, we'll, we'll go with you. Zach, what, did you, you been doing anything or just same old, same old? No, not really since uh, Tuesday. I haven't done much anything except watch these movies. Okay. Andy, what about you? Um, I haven't really had a lot of time besides, you know, work, watch these two movies, and, and I, I'm reading a book. I was working on the book in my free time. That's all I've really done. What type of book is it? What is it? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing fun to talk about. I, I'm reading "Inventing Bitcoin." It's just. It just. It. It's a. It teaches you about Bitcoin. That's it. I was actually. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna say this question. You're probably gonna be like, everybody knows this guy, Dubs. But I watch Tim Pool. Do you watch Tim Pool on YouTube? Uh, he's like a reporter, but he's not right. Does he that make sense? he used to be a reporter, but now he's right. doing a YouTube thing. Yeah, uh, I think I. I think I follow him on Twitter. He was a guest on the Dick Show or something one time, and he was interesting. Yeah. Well, he was like they like they had beef, and they came on and was like, "I was wrong," and everyone was like, "I can't believe that! What a cool guy!" He actually. Well, well it's it's funny because he's a Democrat that you know is not full full left, so he has like logic, uh, and he has his YouTube show anyway. They were talking about Bitcoin. They're like, Bitcoin mm-hmm. is kind of like the Wild West right now because the government doesn't handle it right now. It hit, it hit an all-time high here in the last 24 hours. That's yeah. kind of news. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's interesting what Bitcoin's going to be all about, and I don't know what's going to happen. I, I feel like the government's going to take it anyway and uh, use it, but I guess we'll see. They're talking about the, the government developing its own cryptocurrency to use in conjunction with the established um like framework that bitcoin has set forward but i i I, this isn't this isn't the time or place i i have to imagine that the majority of our listeners are like oh who the fuck cares about bitcoin you should you should invest in it a lot of money i actually disagree what you just said there i think a lot of the nerdy video game people are looking into bitcoin um because every fucking podcast gaming stuff, I hear, yeah, I'm just, I'm investing in Bitcoin. But anyway, I don't know shit about that, and I guess that's why you're reading a book about it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess my, it's just anecdotally that I know that I don't, I don't have, I don't have a single friend who has invested in Bitcoin one iota. Nor do I have any that even like know that much about it. I have a friend that like I'm all the time like giving updates to and showing him my phone, like, look how much money you can make, and the Bitcoin's up again. Like kind of kind of working on him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I guys, I'm gonna have to tell you, I I've done nothing besides Fortnite. So I actually got two victory, uh, with my friends yesterday. 
on on his like the, the chicken dinner of Fortnite then right i think it's like victory royale or something like that that's their their thing is that what it's called in france I guess, yeah. Royale with cheese. Royale with I cheese. guarantee I'm the first person to ever make that joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess let's go straight into the movies. Uh, Andy, these are your movies, so which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, I watched The Offense first, so we'll talk about that. Uh, the Offense is an assault on your sense of person and your happiness to live in this world, and then there are credits. <laughs> It's pretty much true. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if it's uh, Sean Connery plays a police officer in Scotland, it's uh, or was it London? One Which city? London. It was London. It was London. Um, in the early seventies, and they're they're looking for a, a child mur- rapist murderer, like a real scumbag, and it. The movie starts out, they're just looking for him and they catch a guy that might be him. But the movie itself is about, he gets into the the room with him and he's trying to interrogate him. And then he beats him nearly to death and they send him home. And while he's at home, um, having a huge fight with his wife while drinking almost a whole bottle of Johnny Walker, (laughs) they show up and they say, "Uh, the guy died. You got to come with us because he's like pretty much under arrest. He murdered a guy. And then he's interrogated by, um, I don't know, police ranks, the inspector, inspector Super, general, superintendent. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. He's in, he's interrogated by him. And then finally at the end, it flashes back to show us what actually happened when he was interrogating the guy. That's, that's all the major story beats right there. So I, I don't know what you want to jump off into first. Like the first part of this movie is like a crime not like a crime procedural, but it really seems like it's just going to be a good old fashioned seventies cop movie. where are like trying to get this guy, but it takes like a hard right turn before the first act is even really over. There's a lot of really good acting in it too. Um, There's a lot of seeds planted in that movie as well, because you know, when you find, when he finds the the child, it's that awkward moment. I don't know if you guys caught on to it where he, wouldn't you think right away, calm down, I'm a police officer, show my my badge. Instead, he goes, You're okay, you're okay. And then he like looks at her looks at her looks at her weird, touches her weird, and then when he picks her up, it's like he's shocked. It like he he was about to do something or think about doing something to her when the cops came because he had that shocked look. I don't know if you guys read that. Sort of. Like, it, it's all really weird. For a second, I thought what they were going to do was he found her, and he doesn't, like, call out immediately. Like, oh, I found her. I need help. I need an ambulance or whatever. I thought that, like, they were someone was going to see him and mistake him just for a second for for the, the killer, and there was going to be, like, some tension there. Like, maybe he'd get shot or something, but... No, it's nothing like that. I I don't know. Are you sure that's how you read that scene, or is that how you read the scene looking back after finishing the movie? After looking at uh, well, and when I initially saw, saw it, I was like, just like you, why didn't he call out? I I found her. I found her. Uh, why didn't he say I'm a cop? And then the only, the only thing I could think of is, and if this was on purpose, it, they did a really good job because it builds more tension in that scene. 
Yeah. Because watching that scene, I was really unnerved and really anxious. And I, you know, that that's what I expected. Like he takes his coat off and it's like, what's he doing? And I don't know. But again, maybe the, it's like, maybe they talk to real police officers. It's like, well, if you find a, a you know, or like a rape victim or something like that, or if a child, blah, 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 maybe, you know, don't say you're a cop because it freaks him out. Or maybe it's, um, don't yell, don't something. Maybe there's something I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a cop. The only, the only reason why I bring it up is because, you know, when it takes that hard right turn and he, you start to see the pictures in his head, he pictures the little girl laying like she was, but in, in the daytime and he's just staring at her. So in my opinion, I think that's what he was thinking at that moment, but he never, you know, crossed that line. Zach, you haven't said anything yet. Oh, um, yeah, I got some. Uh, I I had some conflicting thoughts there in that scene too. Um, I thought he did say he was a police officer though, at least once. I I, I remember that for some reason, but it could just be me misremembering. Oh, maybe I don't remember one way or the other on that one. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, hey, 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 stop, calm down, calm down, calm down. And I could swear he just was like, I'm a police officer, calm down. <laughs> like, it was just really quick. Um, yeah, and then I found it really odd. He wanted to just, like, you know, he insisted on riding in the ambulance with her and all that crap. Just like, okay, I guess maybe he's got a personal stake in this i don't know he wanted to talk to her he wanted to interrogate her yeah try to get information about the the guy they're looking for right yeah which he doesn't get to do but what i found odd about that is like every police officer thought it was odd and i that felt out of place for me i mean i know uh, you know in a lot of cop shows and movies when you're like i gotta talk to her because i she may know what the guy looks like like I understand that, but like every cop that was coming, like, what are you doing here? Go, go. They they need you at the police station. And he, I mean, obviously he would always go, I need to talk to her and all that stuff. And you know, she's here. <laughs> uh, another thing that like another seed that was kind of planted is obviously when he goes home. And he just blatantly fucking abuses his wife by calling her not beautiful. <laughs> Several times. Several times. And she's not even pretty. That's what he says. You're not beautiful. You're not even pretty. And she says sorry. And it's like, Jesus Damn. Christ, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it conflicted me with Sean Connery's character in this movie because, like, on one side you really feel him feel for him for beating up a a possible because we don't even know if he's innocent or guilty of you know raping and killing children uh he's he's just being a dick to his wife and i understand his point of view where he's seeing these images and you know it just keeps on popping up and she never listens to him like if he if he went that route when he's like oh you never listen to me when i talk but he just kept on saying, you're not even pretty. And then obviously getting up to the part where he's like, oh, you want a pervert? And he like spreads her legs and stuff. And then that's when the knock on the door happened. Uh, 
Or, or the part where he's like explaining about all the gruesome shit and she like pukes. He's like, oh, you can't even, you, you know, you can't, can't even hear what I have to say. It's sickening. That's a little unfair because yeah. he like dumps it all on her at once. And I feel like that's that's a normal human reaction. That's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question to you guys is the the possible criminal himself. Uh, do you think he's the guy? And because there's two versions, right? Because there's a version where he's obviously just beating him up because he's a possible child rapist. And then there's the, I'm guessing, the true side where he's uh, saying, you know, I kind of feel what you feel and I don't want to think this way anymore. Like the well, All the stuff you see before is in the final scene as well. Like they were just concealing the parts that were like incriminating to his character, I think. Mm-hmm. So my question to you guys is, do you think that guy's guilty? Or does it really matter? Zach, what do you think? I don't really think it matters. No. Uh, yeah, it's it's not really about that. It's more about uh, uh, Sean Connery's uh, character mm-hmm. having a problem there. And I just kind of th- I just kind of thought of something there where it's like you see the the first version of him trying to interrogate him and stuff, and how it's cut pretty short. It's like he flies off the handle really quick and he just beats him up. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, it's a lot longer, and it does play out differently too. It's not the exact same. Um, it kind of reminded me of uh, like when he talked to the superintendent guy and he's just like how do you do this every day like how do you deal with this don't you see all the, the pictures in your head all this stuff and he's like you gotta have a separate part of yourself you're a different person when you're at work you're a different person when you're at home it's like I wonder if he tried to be a different person that one time because that's that's how we experience it the first the first interrogation is very different from the final one we see Mm -hmm. because the the way it was cut it was weird because especially the conversation because uh in the first part like i I keep on i don't know his name i'm just gonna call him the criminal or the suspect uh the suspect baxter was his name baxter (laughs) played by ian brennan that's the only thing i remembered yeah baxter was like Hey, you know, I didn't do anything. You know, I just want to go home. I'm going to be silent. To pretty much laughing in front of Sean Connery's face and then just getting fucking pummeled to death. Uh, and then, you know, you get the other uh, version or, you know, just the the full version, I should say. Uh, and then you start to see him, like, speaking. And even that conversation was weird to me where I was kind of like, is he guilty? Did he do something? Because he like calls, he's like giving little hints here and there where he's like, oh, um, you know, I had this one person, I kind of used him. Uh, and then Sean Connery goes, well, are you using me? And he then he kind of like laughs, he calls him a sad little man, like kind of anta- antagonizes him. And I'm like, is he just being drunk and bewildered? Or he's just sick and tired of being there and he's being snarky? I, I, I didn't get that. I think he's like, well, at first he, he's talking about this bully that ended up being like dependent on him and he's had him. He's, 
he's like tricked him or something. Mm-hmm. And it's implied like it's implied he's kind of doing that to Connery's character. But of course he, he like calls him on it, kind of. He's still not getting what he wants out of it. Um, on the question of whether or not he's guilty or not, they say, do you think it's him? And the one guy's like, uh, 60, 40. And someone else says something else. Sean Connery, Sean Connery's character says he's a hundred percent sure that it is him. And he talks about how, you know, he's seen his kind. He's been on the force for 20 years and stuff. Um, having finished the movie and looking back, does, is he a hundred percent sure? Because it's like, you know, a fisherman recognizes another fisherman kind of thing. Like, this guy's yeah. got the thoughts or something yeah. maybe maybe i don't know i didn't have that thought when i was watching the movie obviously but now that i'm thinking about it well maybe that's maybe that's what you can take away from it is that's why he was 100 percent sure he's like i i know this guy has he sees these things and he has to act on them or something i got a question uh the part where you know obviously you know baxter dies and he gets questioned and everything by that one guy uh he says you know are you and Baxter, do you know each other? And he says, no, you know, I haven't seen him around. And he puts this file on the, the table, right? What was that about? I Because he crumples it up, and then it, it gets abandoned. Like, that doesn't even matter anymore. I can't remember. I, I remember was- crumpling the paper up, but... I thought that was the report. Like that was the the, the report of the incident the superintendent had. But well, the, he just gave it to him. Yeah, the question was weird though because he's like, "Have you seen Baxter around? And have you seen this guy before? Have you you know been acquainted with this guy?" And Sean Connery says no. And then, then I think the other question is like, "What happened in there?" And then he put the file on the, and he's like, "You know what happened?" And he like crumpled it up. Um. So I thought that was. I mean, maybe it's just a. A nonchalant, have you seen this guy before? You know, do you know him? Is that why you killed him? Kind of thing. Maybe that, maybe that's, that was it. I, maybe I read into it too much, is what I'm trying to think. Because this movie captured me. Because, like, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, it's just another cop movie about finding this killer. And then it turns into, uh, well, did Sean Connery do it? Because that that also popped up in my my head too. Because you see him staring at this child, and then you know, obviously the first scene and, and before, and her being scared. Because imagine you being raped by a guy who is possible, who is a, a police officer, and he's here to save you. Like, wouldn't you freak out a little bit too much? Like, scream. Yeah, that thought cro- crossed my mind a little bit. Like, it was like, oh, why is she, you know, twisting in the wind, freaking out so much? But then again, that it that can be normal. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, it, it, it's, it's something I, I don't know how you would react to, but I imagine it would be a pretty animated reaction, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing, though, with uh, just another, you know, fisherman recognizes another fisherman thing. At the beginning, they're, like, watching the kids leave school and stuff because they're trying to catch this guy. And the guy thinks, oh, he's not going to come out. We've got him scared. And Connery is always like, oh, he's so bloody scared. Like being like, oh, he's not scared of us at all. Like we're not even close. I wonder I wonder if that's not the same thing too. Because again, he knows how he thinks so well. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like, uh, like I, there would have, it would have been fine if it was just like a, a crime procedural thing. And he's just an asshole the whole movie. It wouldn't have been as good, 
Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it was still would have been interesting because I like that. Oh, he's so bloody scared and all this stuff. And I really like uh, when the woman's giving the report because she saw the girl walk across the field and the guy dressed all in black approached her. He's like yelling at her. Where were you hours ago? Sure, she's coming in now. <laughs> They're like, calm down, dude. Yeah, the whole time I thought it like Sean Connery was being a dick throughout this. And I, and I thought like we were going to get some type of backstory, like maybe his child got raped and murdered and that's why he's being such a hard ass and stuff but we didn't even get that we just got that dark uh thing where you know where you saw pretty much like five minutes of gruesome uh you know a hanging you see a girl naked uh and dead on a bed it's driving home you keep getting kind of images of stuff and you're like i don't know what all this is but then it's all the stuff he describes to his wife yeah, yeah. and i also like that whatever happened in that interrogation room like really fucked him up hardcore because he, he didn't even know which door his apartment was like he was going in the wrong apartment yeah so yeah <laughs> so i, Man, I the, the soundtrack this movie's crazy too i gotta say like it felt more like a, i was i was listening to a horror movie soundtrack a couple of times yeah yeah like especially that part where he's driving home and then uh like I think, yeah, when he's talking to his wife, telling her, like, all the fucked up shit he's seen pretty much over his whole career. Um, and I think the second time he's they're at the interrogation room, like, what really happened, I suppose. Yeah, I, I like the part where, you know, he kind of, like, gets out of that rage and different mindset, and then he sees what he did, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> like, he's like, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> like, he knows he's fucked up and probably going to... I mean, he should be going to jail, right? Because that guy wasn't formally arrested and tried, and he just murdered a dude in an interrogation room. He should. Yeah. Now, I don't know. They don't really show enough for you to know that he is, because there's some of the doublespeak when he's talking to, you know, his interrogator about, like, you know, we're going to get your story straight. You're, we're gonna take care of this. Like it seems like cops watching cops. Yeah, that that creeps into that conversation, and they don't like shine a light on it. But you can hear him saying those things. So it seemed kind of like, okay, so your story should be he hit me and then I defended myself, or he he confessed and then something happened. Mm -hmm. But you know, it, none none of that. Like I said, they don't shine a light on it. It's just that that creeps into the conversation a little bit. It's like I'm just here to make sure we cross the T's, dot the I's, and stuff. But it seems like he's giving him a chance. He's oh, you've read my report. He's like, yeah, but you're gonna tell it to me again now. Yeah. Um. I I I mean, I have nothing else to say about this movie. I I out of and I'm gonna be honest with you with my ranking soon. It's like this is my top uh, one out of all the Sean Connery movies that we watch. Uh, I like the writing. Uh, I I think this is a little bit better, a little bit like a tiny bit, a tiny smudge, even though it's like the same director. Then the yeah, Sidney Lumet again, by the way, also directed this. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I I went into this movie going, I don't know, and then all of a sudden I'm like captured. It, the the writing and the cinematography. And how and if people uh, uh, say that Quentin Tarantino does everything like backwards and shit. Fucking this movie was backwards. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you guys think about the opening 
scene, which is a flash back forward, whatever it is. I guess it was a flash middle. Yeah, it's like <laughs> everything slow motion, and it's got that light superimposed over everything. Yeah, that was the 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 fucking ceiling bulb in the interrogation room. Yeah. The whole time I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Because it shows up again a couple other times. Like it does that when he's getting coffee. Yeah, and then in, in other random spots in the movie, what's going on? And then it was like the last scene. Yeah, it just it's, shows it's, the ceiling. And it's like, it might oh. be the last shot. It pans up, and it's just like the huge circular light fixture maybe, yeah. maybe that's his conscience like you know the moral compass of him being like you know uh because remember when he's getting coffee and stuff he's enraged with this guy because he wants to do something and then you know when he beats up the dude you see that light bulb i don't know maybe that's just him fighting the urge to become that person Maybe it's just a light bulb. Maybe. Maybe a cigar is just a cigar sometimes. He gets tea, by the way. He gets tea. Not oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> because they're, co- because they're in the coffee. UK. It's shit. I thought it was coffee, too. It's like, oh, it's funny. He got he got coffee and cigarettes in the same go-around. But no, it was tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but any final thoughts? I mean, I'm, I highly recommend it. I think this is the best acting performance I've ever seen Sean Connery give. Yeah, like, if there's a better one out there, I gotta see it because because this one's you know outstanding. And several times in this movie, I was like, well, that's like the best performance I've ever seen him give. And then that happened like three more times, like three more times he like delivers a monologue, like and not just with his voice, but also with his face and his body, like motions and stuff, and his hands and I don't know. It's it's well written, it's well acted, it's well directed. It's a real good movie, but don't watch it if you want to like feel good <laughs> it's not a feel good movie that's for goddamn sure yeah. right after we, right after i finished it, i picked up my phone and zach was like hey, did you finish the offense yet and i was like yes jesus christ <laughs> uh zach what about you final thoughts um yeah i really i really like this movie um i kind of had a similar reaction at, at first i'm like oh, okay maybe it's gonna be like a cop movie maybe this is like british dirty harry or something <laughs> and then I was like, no, it, no, it's not. And but I, yeah, it uh, it had my full attention uh, after like the first twenty-ish minutes. Mm. Um, I will say, I don't know what the deal is with the film, but it looks like the transfer isn't very good, or it was filmed badly, or whatever. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I would have been pissed at myself if I forgot to bring that up. Um, the first part of this movie all takes place at night, and there are several scenes where I can't tell what the fuck's going on. Yeah, it's got like this real it looks f- bad fuzzy look. I understand, like, it's I don't old. know, I don't really know exactly what the deal is with this, but a lot of British shows and movies, the cameras look different from like American ones around that time. It's strange. I don't know what what the deal is with that, but it's also just old, and I don't think. I think this movie's pretty well thought of. It seemed to have high rankings on like IMDb and and Rotten Tomatoes and who whatever the fuck ever. And I read up about it a lot. It was <laughs> big surprise here. It was critically lauded. Critics loved it. Audiences hated it when it came out. Yeah, no surprise there. But um, this movie has never been like I, I I think it would really benefit from like some TLC from a company like Criterion or something like that, or like, you know, a lot of universities do that. They have film restoration courses, 
and each semester they're basically like working on a film from somewhere it would be really nice if someone would pick this one up because i think it would benefit from them from it a lot and I, again like I, this movie's good enough like i you know i'm gonna write a letter to criteria and tell them get off their asses <laughs> yeah i felt i watched this and i felt like this this is just like criterion bait i feel like why isn't this on there <laughs> yeah no it it needs it needs some of that care because there's a lot of the dark scenes where like i can see grain but i can't see what the characters are doing like when they pick up the guy at night they they're sitting in the car and he walks across that bridge and then like i couldn't tell what was going on for a while and then they like drag him over a fence and put him in the car like i was like oh, the, the, i don't know what happened <laughs> The biggest tell to me was like, you know, when the car's driving around and the little sirens going, the little mm. blue light. I'm like, that thing is barely giving off any light. What yeah. the hell? Oh, and when he's driving, I guess when he's driving home in the rain, you're not supposed to be able to see that well. But yeah. that whole part, like, I, I couldn't see much of anything. But that that part might be intentional. I don't know. Benefit of a doubt on that one. But yeah, uh, Criterion, I know you listen to our podcast because we're so popular. So, you know. <laughs> Pick this one up. I'm gonna tag. I'm gonna tag them in Twitter. And post, there you go. Post this clip. Um. All right. So I guess we all recommend it. I mean, great movie. Um. So Andy, what is your Christmas movie? Uh. Joyo, joyu, joyu Noel, joyu Noel. Merry Christmas, oh. but in French, it's about the Christmas truce of 1914 on the the, the front lines on the. Western, Western front. front, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of places classify this as a romance movie. I don't. There I mean, is there, there is romance in it. There's romance involved, but no, it's it's just a drama. It's a Christmas movie. And at the beginning, I, you know, honestly, I was going into it. I had to remind myself, like, this isn't 1917. It's not going to be like super great. But then Assault at the beginning is actually filmed really well. It looks really great. The movie's not that old. It came out in 2005. Um, anyone who doesn't know that five people who've never heard of the Christmas truce, uh, the first Christmas during the First World War, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and, and in fact also on Boxing Day, the day after, there was like kind of an impromptu, unofficial, like there were a bunch of fronts that like negotiated ceasefires temporarily and they met in no man's land. And um, like uh, in the in the movie, they play... Um, football soccer whatever that, yeah. that actually happened that did happen somewhere and in fact i know the score because the germans won three to two over <laughs> the english troops um but yeah stuff like that they exchanged gifts and stuff like that um i don't know about the mass that the guy holds i've never heard of that being like real i don't know if that part's real and uh like the stuff about the singer being there is is well well it says based on the yeah, based, based, but it's based on the Christmas yeah. tree. So in fact, I guess there's a really well-researched documentary and book that has a bunch of firsthand accounts from the Christmas truce. And of course, it wasn't like one thing. It was just dotted all up and down the lines. But there's still like a lot of stuff that you know, maybe it could have happened, I guess. Like maybe someone just hasn't hasn't talked about it specifically. But well, too, too bad they didn't show the, the Russian, the Eastern Front version, because I heard, <laughs> I heard they tried to do the same thing with the Russians. And because their calendar is different, like Christmas is like on a different friggin' time for uh, their calendar, they just fucking that. shot all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh well, they didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, the 
what I read online is that uh, everything in this movie was based off of stories that was written down during that time. So it was kind of like a mixing pot of that. Uh, I think maybe some real, some fake. Um, wow. Like, this movie teaches you, <laughs> like, war sucks, dude. Like, they all got along in this movie. Um, yeah, this movie is severely anti-war, but I, I've always held the opinion that any good war movie is also an anti-war movie. But still, this this movie is on the on its face anti-war. And, and I liked how they, because they grew some type of friendship. Like I like the part where like, hey, we're gonna mortar you once you come in our trenches, and they all just like went to <laughs> yeah. each other's trenches while they got bombed and stuff. Um, I, I thought that was really good. By the way, did you know the blonde hair girl? If you ever seen the movie National Treasure, that is Abigail Chase, the one who uh, protects Diane Kruger. Yeah, she's. Do you uh... know she's married to Norman Reedus? Really? Really? Did you, know, did you know Norman Reedus is in a video game? I did know that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she, she really is married to Norman Reedus. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. I don't. I. I like the part. Like the. The. The war parts were kind of like cool seeing it like in World War One, but like when they started having a bond, I liked that more. It had that yeah. it had that feel good moment, uh, and <laughs> I I knew something was fucked up with that one guy who was like sad about his brother and shit. I'm like that 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 motherfucker is gonna shoot somebody. He lost his shit. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna get the guy that was trying to give him like I think he had champagne or something. Yeah, it was like a German guy who comes to champagne. He's like, "Hey, hey, Scotsman, you want some of this?" And he just looks at him like, "What?" And then like, he starts coming at him a little bit, and he's like, "Oh, bye." Yeah. He just walks off. Whew. It, it's weird thinking like you're got you're killing each other, and then all of a sudden you're just like in no man's land playing football well some of that has to do with how war was different back then before that one really started like in the beginning nobody was really sure how this was all gonna go a lot of people thought oh we'll be done by christmas done by christmas that was well, what every side said when the first world war started a guy a guy even says that in this movie I think it was. I think it was the French lieutenant. He's like, "We'll be home by Christmas." Yep. After, but and like just two minutes before, he got done throwing up in his quarters. <laughs> but, but uh, before that, war used to be all like, "Ha ha, charge!" And it was like you know all valorous and honorable and shit. And it used to not be such a bloody, goddamn awful affair. Apparently, that's how people took it before. War war was always shitty and hell, but the First World War changed everything. And not, not just like the nitty-gritty of warfare, but like the landscape of the political world for for from then until now. Like we're still feeling the, the fallout of the First World War. People talk about the Second World War all the time, and of course we're still feeling the fallout of that big time, but the Second World War wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for the First World War. Yeah, but you, but you know what I mean. There's like, oh, that was a lot of the accounts. It was like, just this is ridiculous. I didn't think the, the French lieutenant's dad, it's revealed, because eventually I picked up on something. Like, they got something going on. Like, he must be a relative or something. I, I had figured this guy's his dad or his grandfather or his uncle. Or uncle, something. yeah. And then he's like, I don't understand this war. I was cavalry in 
things were different and it, you know and yeah <laughs> when he said that i said out loud oh so you're worthless now uh i like the cat that was like going to each trenches and each like trench had like a different name for that cat Uh that that was a common occurrence apparently apparently animals they had dogs and cats and just go back and forth yeah because imagine just hearing fucking flares going off and bombs and shit and like gunfire and then like Mm -hmm. fucking animals just going crazy and stuff um I want to get this off my chest because I, this is near the end. Uh, but the Scottish uh, priest in in the trench, like he meets with like his higher up person, priest person, whatever, bishop or something, cardinal or bishop or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like he's like, "You're a disgrace. You should question. Like, should you be allowed in our uh, Lord of the uh, House of the Lord?" And then he goes into the outer room and he's like you have God's sword and you should slay your enemy and never feel friendship for it. And yeah, the Germans are evil. They don't fucking think like us. They're just going to destroy us all. Yeah. You like, I think my interpretation of it is he vaguely bastardizes uh, uh, something from the Bible Bible where Christ said something. I don't bring you peace. I bring you a sword or something. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, it's been, it's been decades since I was in Sunday school, obviously, (laughs) but it pissed like that scene pretty much. Uh, uh, I'm a Catholic guy, so, like, I'm not fully religious, but, like, this part where, like, if if you're anti-religion, I feel like this is a good scene to, like, show people, be like, oh, God and violence and stuff and war, like, you know. I think, no, I think that scene is very, it's shine, it, it, it shows religion really well, actually, because, um the 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 protagonist the actual the the actual stretcher bearer that we've been with the whole movie he hears what's going on and he realizes that you know this this isn't he's not actually teaching god's word this isn't what christ would have would have said you know it's all about loving your fellow man and stuff and he walks away from that and i think that more than anything shows he's still a good man and like this this changed him it was the most important mass of his career okay that was my interpretation this coming from someone who doesn't in any way practice or ascribe to religion like i think this movie shows religion in a very positive light i i I just think this this one bishop is just you know he's he's just a shitty guy he's he's uh um he was well, twisting. He was twisting his sermon to be fucking propaganda, basically. Yeah, and obviously there's still a, a war to to win and all that, but it's I don't know. It's just it's a really gross perversion of of you know love your fellow, fellow man and stuff like that. But that that was my interpretation. Is is the other guy's vision and love is so strong that I was like, man, that's all right. That's all right. The the French officer. Out of all the officers, here I'm gonna rank all the officers that I like the most. I, they're all great. Uh, <laughs> Reviewing officers, here we go. So I, I officer tier. Uh, the third one is the British officer. Second one, Scottish. Scottish. Uh, second, um, is the German, and then the first one. I like the French. The French guy. I had actual like I was invested in him because like. He loses his uh his wallet where his wife's picture on it, 
and then he draws a picture of it where he brings it to the German guy. And he's like, German guy's like, yeah, I know her. And he's like, I found your wallet too. And I'm like, holy shit. And then he like helps out that other uh the German uh guy and girl who were singing opera and stuff. Uh I think of the three officers, he's the most central of the, the characters. Mm-hmm. I think it's him and then probably Sprank and then maybe the German and the Scots guy. And then also the 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 stretcher bearer priest and the, the brother. Yeah. They're all the characters that we deal with pretty much. Mm-hmm. I guess to a lesser extent, uh Ponchel, his uh, uh his aide de camp or whatever the guy whoever he was. The poor guy that oh. he froze the again. We heard, Poor guy all... shot, is I assume what he said. Yeah, yeah. The, he he came back like he was coming over the hill on the German side, and then the, the asshole British commander that was there telling all the Scots people like shoot him, shoot the crowd, get him. And then finally somebody shot him, and it was the brother, the you brother, know. of course, yeah. And then the French dude runs out there, the French commander, and it's like, oh, it, it was Ponchel. He's like, I saw my mom, and you have a son, and he died. It was sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really got angry at the British officer. I was actually verbally yelling at my TV, you go shoot him, you fuck. Like, all these guys, like, I felt the bond between all those armies. Even though, like, maybe some of it, it was fake and it's a fucking movie, but, like, I felt the bond, like, dude, I'm not gonna shoot my friend. Like, they were all friends in that one battlefield. Which they probably... Which they're probably going to kill each other in another battlefield, but that's just beside the point. It's all about the moment. Yeah, I mean, they all pay kind of a heavy price in different ways. The 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 Scotsmen are all split up; their units dissolved, which sucks. Now they're they're you know they lose all of their comrades and stuff. The French they're being sent to Verdun, which being sent to Verdun in 1914 good fucking luck and um the germans are all sent to the eastern front to fight the russians which you know also sucked but i don't know if anything they're probably the ones who get out of it the best yeah they they, they kicked more ass over there <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um i have conflicting feelings about the deserter couple um yeah he the... he gives that speech right he's like oh i've got responsibility and then at the end he's like yeah, i'll do it yeah, because like, you know, my my dad is in the navy. He's all he's always taught me about brotherhood and sticking with your you know uh, your brothers and stuff. And he kind of just goes, "Well, I'm just gonna go with this pussy to you know." I mean, I understand that puh. Hang on, that puh. Yeah, you know, well, what's a more important bond? His his. Uh... He, he he told that his nation that he'd fight in this war that he no longer believes in or his bond to his wife mm-hmm. in his defense. Well, that's what I was going to. I was like, I understand why they did it. And I just wish that like the the officer, the German officer, because he's like, I need to watch you and all that stuff. But then he just like doesn't care anymore because like they just they talk down to him and everything like you're you're all pretty much they all call them pussies and stuff for like bonding in the battlefield yeah um, there was there was two tipping points to that though i think it was like first it was like i think it was the day after christmas it was christmas day i think 
where they were actually burying all the people and shit like later mm-hmm. which was also real like that that's part of what actually happened during the christmas trees yeah she was like standing there in that big fucking graveyard and she's like holy shit and then she talks to him and it's like you you could just die out here like any moment well they could <laughs> Yeah, because well, you gotta think because like, oh, you know how the papers would be back then that would come come home. It's like everything's great, we're <laughs> we're whipping ass. Yeah, you know that that's all they get really. And then she's like, oh my god, no, this is this is terrible. This is a lie. And she's like, let's just go. And he's like, I can't go to Holland. That's too far away. And she's like, France is just over that way. It's not that far. And then he's just like, wait a minute, <laughs> like that was it right there. He didn't think about that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the part where, you know, the French guy, like, all right, we're going to take you as prisoners. They're walking down a trench, and all of a sudden, like, they put their, you know, hands up because they have to be prisoners. And then the, the French officer's like, oh, shit, you know, I got to put my gun up to make it look like they're, you know, prisoners of war. Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, what did you guys think of the French's father? Because... Uh, Throughout the whole time, he's like, oh, I'm going to put you in this gunnery infantry where you pretty much do nothing besides shoot, like, you know, bombs. At- <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, I want to be with my uh, my cavalry and all that stuff. And, you know, him delivering the news to his father, like, you're a granddad. I'm like, he gets out of that, you know, I'm I'm outranking you right now because I'm your dad. Uh, I mean, I'm outranking you because I'm this rank. And then he goes into like dad mode. And I'm like, that was great. I don't know. I, I liked it. I thought it was a humble uh, part of it where he's telling his dad he's he's a grandfather. That is a really good scene. And it's a really good capstone to like his story because he doesn't know about his wife or his son. But uh, his father, the general or whatever he was, just, I don't know, a little underdeveloped or something because he's only in the two scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to think without. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like that's my. I'm leaning on that a lot for criticism in movies. This character's undeveloped. I didn't get enough of blank. I didn't get enough of whatever. I guess I just want every movie to be four hours long now. I don't know what I want. You want TV shows? <laughs> no, I don't. I can tell that's you what, that. That's what TV shows do. That though. <laughs> um, what do you think of the party scene with the two opera singers and all that stuff? I don't know. Some- some asshole German fucking dude from high command wanted a personal opera performance. Hey. <laughs> That's what it was. Him, uh, your, your highness or your reverence or something like he, it's implied that he's like German royalty. He's probably he's, some dick. Some air. He's probably a Junker, some fucking air, air you know, yeah. aristocracy guy. Cause mm-hmm. I, I can, I remember my, the great war, right? At the beginning, a lot of the generals were just like people of import and landowners. And then as the war went on, they're like, okay, these idiots can't lead. We need actual officers to lead the army. Yeah. They had some guys like that in Germany. Then they had some guys that were actual, you know, I got experience. I've done shit. Yeah. Um, I thought this movie was good. Um, I really liked it. I think it was shot really well. Uh, yeah. Another movie that I kind of thought, like, how how is this going to be a good Christmas movie? Like, is is this going to capture the Christmas spirit? And it it kind of did, uh, in it its, did in its own way. I think it did. Yeah, and and I really appreciated this movie. Um, that's all I have to say about it. Unless you guys have anything else to say. 
I like it a lot. And a lot of the songs that they all play on like the bagpipes and then they sing, it's that's some of my favorite parts, which is weird for me because usually I'm like, ah, oh, singing gross, bleh. But I like I like Silent Night and I like uh, all that other stuff. Yeah, I like the the bagpipes. I I really like the part where uh, the Germans put the fucking Christmas tree up and all that stuff. And then obviously when the one opera singer takes the tree and puts it in the middle of no man's land, I was like, that's cool. That's cool. Zach, what about Zach? What about you? I like it. I recommend it. I'd probably say you know, hey, here's a great Christmas movie. Watch this. Yeah, I just noticed one thing that we didn't. Uh, which we'll talk about near the end. We need to rank these movies because we have Twilight Zone coming up and <laughs> I didn't pick mine too. And I'm pretty sure you guys didn't pick your two yet. I totally forgot about that. To yeah. Be honest. I had a few ideas, but I hadn't decided officially. All right. So uh surprise when we uh, come back in January, you're just going to see it. Watch, uh, watch, I don't know, watch our Twitter accounts or something. We'll figure something out. Yep. Uh, so let's rank these movies. Um, I'm probably going to get outvoted. I really don't have a big debate on the offense in the hell. So I guess I want, I want to hear let's, your let's do Christmas first. Cause we all agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, we do agree on that. Let me bring up the Google doc. So joy, uh, surviving Christmas at number three, right? <laughs> uh, then we have Black Christmas at number two. And then Joyu Noel. Did I say it right, Zach? Joyu? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Um, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Black Christmas was good. I really enjoyed it. Joyu Noel, uh, Noel, I think, captured a good Christmas spirit compared to Surviving Christmas where... <laughs> It just had James Gandolfini and fucking Ben Affleck. Surviving Christmas is the result of all the hardship that people did over a hundred years ago to be able to make that <laughs> shitty ass movie. <laughs> Surviving Christmas, honestly, I think is one of the worst movies we've ever watched on this show. Even it's probably you, one of the worst I've, I've seen. I've never watched Santa Paws again. Really? <laughs> wow, that's a bold <laughs> statement. I can't think of a single movie that I would watch Surviving Christmas over that we have watched. But you see my rating. I rated it. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> Let me see. I, I was wondering, Zach, how did you decide one and two? Because you gave them the same rating. Oh, uh, just I, I'm. I admit, I was just trying to be like snarky asshole a little bit. Black Christmas. I like to cheat and get a horror movie in or something. Mm-hmm. But like, I do feel like I like uh, Joyeux Noel a little bit better. Okay. You know? Yeah. So I, I kind of want to hear your guys' opinions. Even though I'm the odd man out, I mean, I I I enjoyed the offense because of. Uh, by the way, Finding Forrester is at number three for all of us. Uh, Great movie, but so I, good, just, yeah. I like the Cindy Lumet ones better. Yeah, me too. Uh, I like the offense better because I've the writing was good, and it actually made me want to like watch the movie again to see like. Did I miss anything? It, it, what was being portrayed in this scene? Uh, the Hill just had... had I, I guess this is where you guys are going to come in and say... Overall, it was just a great movie from beginning to end. Uh, and greatly shot. 
yeah, that's that's pretty much why I liked it better because it was it was good from you know square one. There wasn't really like a warm up period. You were already kind of getting into it. At least that's the way I took it when I was watching. I was into it like right then. Mm-hmm. Whereas like uh, the offense has to warm up a little bit. It's got to yeah. get going a little bit. It it starts off like you feel like you're going to be watching a different kind of movie for a little while. And it, it uses that to its advantage really well to pack even more of a punch into what it wants to say. But yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't get going like with the hill like right away. There's like a really great crane shot and then the prisoners turn up and you hear what they did to get here. It's entertaining right away. So oh, you stole whiskey. Oh, you punched your officer. Oh, you, you sold nine tires to Libyans. You know, <laughs> yeah. Right away. It's like, what's, what's going on here? This is, so this, this is a wacky pack of characters that they got here. What's going to happen here? And, you know, the other thing is like both these movies feel very different from one another when you watch them. Like, yeah, you watch the offense. You're like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of like, <laughs> Because we watched The Hill, and it was like, oh, this is a Sidney Lumet movie. And then you were like, so is The Offense. And I was like, oh, shit, I should change my pick. <laughs> and we were going to watch Name of the Rose, and we couldn't find it anywhere. Now I'm glad we watched The the Offense. Cause yeah. I liked it. I like it. Uh, I'm not going to say I like it more than I thought I would. I, I But over time, I like liked it more and more as it, I was getting through it. Mm-hmm. And but, I, I, think, I think part of it to go back to dub's original question i think i like the subject matter of the hill more than i like the subject matter of the offense okay there's that too and the overall feeling like you're like this movie is exhausting like talking about the hill yeah that's true i don't think i've ever watched a movie that made me feel like oh holy shit like the whole time like that Mm -hmm. and it's great like this guy Sidney lumet i'm not really familiar with a lot of his movies this first i think he's the first two i've seen other than 12 angry men Go watch it. Dog Day Afternoon. I saw that. but yeah, That's a good one, too. I like that movie. I was like, this guy's really good at like making you feel... You actually feel something from his movie. Like some kind of feeling in general. The only, I, I guess, coming from that, I mean, the offense, you kind of feel what Sean Connery is going through, but you can't relate to that in any way. I feel like yeah. the, the hill, you can relate to being exhausted by going up the hill, up and down a lot because if you were in that situation you'd be like man this fucking sucks uh and you would you know feel like every the prison you're you you are feeling like you're a prisoner in this prison while in the offense you're just like something's up with Sean Connery he's fucked up from being a cop i can't relate to that and that's me going against my number one movie by the way that i feel like when you're watching the hill you kind of get you want to like get more behind the characters in it because it's like, Oh, you know, like Sean Curry punched a guy out who tried to order his men to go die, like give a bad order. Mm. And then the other guys, they just did like little horse shit. Uh, That uh, that one dude's a scumbag who keeps just getting back in jail, except him. But everybody else is like, Oh, he stole liquor. I mean, really, does he really got to go back here? Couldn't he just go to the brig for like a month? To, to that end, another another reason I'll put the hill over the offense is the offense, like I said, Sean Connery gives, in my opinion, his best performance. Man, he is killer in it. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Howard does a really good job, but he's not in it that much. Ian Brennan does a really good job, but he's also not in it that much. And everyone else is just kind of there. Like, they're there to prop up Sean Connery. That's, That's the whole true. part of the movie. It's a character study. It's just about him. The Hill, on the other hand, Connery does awesome. Uh, the guy who plays uh, 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 
Wilson does awesome. Uh, uh, Ian Brennan's in it too, and he does great in it. Uh, Stevens is great. Uh, 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 Jacko, Jocko, whatever the, the black guy, he's great. All these characters are great, and they all kind of get their own kind of thing and their own interactions and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's there's a little bit more like um, uh, the offense is like is is just a really good steak but the hill is like the whole meal man you got your potatoes and your vegetables and a drink and everything else i don't know how i remember seeing the movie 12 angry men i don't know how i mean i know obviously what happens at the end but like did you notice in the hill and the offense like it ended abruptly because in the hill like he's screaming don't do that we won and then it just ends in the offense he goes, oh, God, and then it ends. <laughs> I love that, though. I, I like when movies end like that sometimes. Yeah. Don't don't be scared to watch 12 Angry Men. Mm. I'm not. Like, <laughs> I, like this, I like this guy now. I want to see more of his movies. I, I won't tell you how it ends or anything, or even the mood that it ends on, but uh, I will say that uh, Lumet is all over the place with his tone, apparently. I'm starting to learn. So it, it, it's something completely different. Cool. And I like... Cindy Lomay, uh, Sydney Lomay, um, how he takes like you don't need a big budget. He just has like a few scenes and it's just straight dialogue. Like I like I was saying in the hill, like you don't need that action scene. You don't need to be all like super Hollywood. He literally just needs people in the scene and a good sh- script. Which apparently he he's d- done in the past three movies that I've seen him do, so I I want to see more of his work. I think we need to have a Cindy a Sydney uh, Lumet uh, month maybe. Maybe maybe down the road we got a lot of stuff planned coming up. But uh, yeah, I've always wanted to see Serpico. I still never have. Mm-hmm. That that's him directing Al Pacino being a undercover cop. I think I think that's what that movie's about. Yeah, New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna concede to you guys, obviously, because you guys are gonna outvote me. So I have. Uh, we're gonna put. We all agree that the offense in Black Christmas are at number two. Yeah. And then the Hill and Joyu Noel, um, is gonna be number one. They winners. Yes. Now between the two of those, what's your favorite? Joyu Noel. I think. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think the hill takes it for me just by, just just a little bit. Yeah, same here. Uh, I I think this is more of my emotions getting into it because I had a good moment of seeing them take a war and you know bond and everything. You like it better than the offense as well, which was your number one. Ooh, there it is. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna have to say Joey. Joey, you know I will defeat okay. the offense. So, what about you guys? Well, actually, you just said you, the hill is going to be yours. Hill. Yeah, hill for me. What about you, Zach? Same thing. Yeah, it's just I, I'm I can be very objective. It's just a, a better movie, in my opinion. Okay. Um, trying to think, Zach. This is a question for you: Black Christmas or Joe Joe You Noel? He said um, Noel. It's on his rankings. Yeah. Yeah. It's ranked higher. Okay. I mean, they have the same score, but like, I know it's because I don't like doing like eight, eight point one, eight point two. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you're like, it feels like you're splitting hairs more or less at that point. 
Yeah. Two years in a row now, Zach has surprised me with his his Christmas heart. It was first Klaus, and now it's this. It's like, oh, he does love Christmas movies. I do. I I do genuinely love Christmas anyway. (laughs) I I like to try to be like, ha! Look at this. It's it's Krampus. Ha ha! Black Christmas. You know. Yeah. That's me being a prankster about it. Okay, guys, I know we don't have... Uh, I mean, we're obviously doing Twilight Zone next. Uh, I don't know. It, if these guys give me the episodes tomorrow, I will include it in this episode somehow. Uh, or are, are season four episodes still... Can, can we watch those yet or not? What's, what's the deal with that? Uh, Netflix? Let me see. Yeah, because I know like one season they they don't have it, and of course I'm not signed into it. It's four. Yeah, I, I'm not... I can watch whatever. I actually own all of them, but I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I can get access to them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. I, I I spend money almost every week for the show. I'll do it again. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we just keep in mind of Twitter and. Uh, Maybe in this episode, if I get the picks in before I put it online. Um, but yeah, I think that's where end it. I mean, the only news that came out pretty much in a day is that Sony removed Cyberpunk 2077 from their store. So you cannot get the game on your PS5 or your PS4. Uh, so I guess I'm lucky. Why? Why did they do that? Because people are refunding and they don't want to sell a game in their store that's broken. So, fair point. On PS5 as well. Yeah, because it's the same store. All right. Yeah. So. All right. So I guess I'm lucky that I got it <laughs> on my PS5. Uh, yeah, that's the only news. Unless you guys have anything else to talk about. No, unfortunately, not enough time has passed from our last episode to this one. Also, uh, it's just it's Christmas. You know, Christmas stuff's going on. Yes, and that leads me, I guess, to our news story that we won't be here for two weeks because we are taking a Christmas uh, vacation, mainly because of me, because I'm going to be at my parents' house for two weeks. Uh, so we will see you in 2021 with the Twilight Zone. Uh, and I guess, have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, but if you want to catch more of our podcasts like Big Trouble with Podcasts or The Nemesis Project or Accelerated Gamer or Getting Some Color, make sure you type in Nerd Review Network on Spotify, Apple iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, I should say, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Red Circle. Um, and, you know, download and tell us how good or bad we did. But until next time, everybody... Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Filthy animals. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, guys. Hello, Internet peeps. We do have an update. I know on the episode we said that we will tell you on Twitter and possibly this episode, and you are hearing me on this episode, episode 132 of Big Trouble Podcast. So we are going to start with Andy's picks since he's the first one to come out of the gate. Uh, he is choosing I Shot an Arrow into the Air, Season 1, Episode 15, and Equality of Mercy, Season 3, Episode 15. So remember to watch those episodes and then come back uh, 
come back here and we'll talk about it. Uh, again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. See you guys in January for the Twilight Zone month. Bye, everybody.